0: Welcome to episode number one of Cultural Technologies, Dialogues on Media, Art, and Technology. I'm Bernard Gagan. I am your host. I'm going to start this episode by briefly discussing the program's general concept, who I am, and after that, we will proceed to an interview with the French philosopher, Barbara Casson. The idea behind cultural technologies is pretty simple. A couple times a month, we'll be talking with scholars, artists, and scientists about their research on media, art, and technology. You can think of the program as a salon for humanists interested in the conjunction of media and technology. Uh, and the program will also be a forum in which the occasional natural scientist or engineer can present their research that somehow bears on either the humanities or the arts. The topics that links these various fields will be techniques, technologies, and technical media that somehow are shaping or are shaped by contemporary cultural practices. The program itself probably has a little bit of an intellectual or academic Bend that relates uh, to uh, me myself. I'm a media theorist and historian of science working at the Institute for Cultural Studies at the Humboldt University in Berlin. Before working in Berlin, I studied in Germany, France, and the United States, and I also taught courses at the American University of Paris and at Northwestern University in uh, the United States. I also had a brief stint as a researcher at the Centre Pompidou also in Paris. A lot of the guests we'll be talking with in this program will be French or German scholars who either met or came to read while I was living in France and Germany. And uh, the original idea behind the program was simply... um, Living abroad, I I got to know some interesting work that I thought should be better known in the United States. So this program, at its most basic level, is simply trying to present some new ideas in an English form, Anglophone form, uh, for a more general audience of people who uh, might not know some of the people we're going to be talking to. It's kind of, uh, it's a truism, you could say, that new media technologies are somehow associated with breaking down national borders into uh, linguistic borders creating global markets in a sense uh, this program is trying to do the same with media theory and media history it's trying to uh, use these topics as a way of having some conversations that break down um, disciplinary and linguistic boundaries uh, that might subtly organize some of the ways that we think about and talk about um uh, Media, technology, and the arts. I think our interviewee today, our interviewee today, Barbara Casson, she exemplifies the type of person and the type of work uh, we would like this program to be be a forum for investigating. As I mentioned, she's a philosopher. She's a philosopher in France. One of the most impressive uh, contemporary philosophers, in my opinion. Unfortunately, only a small number of her essays have been translated into English. This is a terrible terrible, um, failure, I think, in in the American and English English world. Uh, We're going to try and redress that problem partially through this interview, partially through putting some of her uh, few translated texts on the website. She wrote uh, a a book a few years ago about Google, which is going to be uh, what we're discussing. In that book, she used her own uh, training as uh, an expert on the sophists. That is, the, the philosophers that Plato famously quarreled with in ancient Greece. She used her research on their techniques of rhetoric to ask some new questions about Google. How does Google function as a technique of organizing knowledge? At some level, Google, it's many things. It's also a way of organizing words and language and searching strings. And she wanted to see, can you somehow link uh, say uh, questions relating to the Sophists in ancient Greece and their techniques of language to a contemporary instrument like Google. Uh, this 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 inquiry isn't just shaped by by Casson's brilliance; it's also shaped by a certain ambiguity that's that's in the language that's in French, that's in German, which is namely technique. Uh, in French, technique can either refer to a technique, a practice, and it can also refer to a technology. So, as you as you hear her talk, occasionally she'll use the word technique, where uh, a native English speaker might use the word technology. Uh, in her hands, this is very much uh, a kind of strategic ambiguity. Uh, at least that's how I see it. And this program is going to try and try and um, use, uh, say, uh, the internet, use the podcast as a form for allowing someone like Barbara Casson present her her research to people who may not be familiar with it. Upcoming episodes will feature, uh, among others, the American literary theorist W.J.T. Mitchell, the German media theorist Marcus Krajewski, and a conversation between uh, the Finnish media theorist Yussi Parika and the American environmental historian Etienne Benson. Uh, What does an environmental historian and uh, a Finnish media theorist have in common? In this case, it's media and animals. You'll learn more about that in the future. A couple of technical notes before we proceed to the interview. First, I'm doing this program in my spare time. I'm figuring out how to record and edit as I go. The result is that the quality of the programs is going to vary from uh, one program to the next. I apologize. I hope that there's not too much uh, hiss and other things like that in the background of this program. And uh, in uh, with luck, there'll be even less in future programs. You'll notice, actually, as you listen to this a couple times, uh, I actually even dubbed in commentary in the midst of my interview with uh, Professor Casson because I realized maybe something wasn't fully explained um, or a term was invoked that, uh, that could use a little qualification. So you'll hear this... Uh, uh, uncanny voice descend from the above in the uh, in the middle of one or two conversations. That's fine. Uh, anyway, that being said, I I hope that next uh, the future programs will be more consistent in in their recording and in their quality. And with luck, we'll do this program for a couple of years, and someday we'll even sound remotely professional. As for one other thing about this program, you'll notice the intro and outro music is, uh, in my opinion, it's great. It comes from the Berlin based band Stereo Total. Uh, their music was used for three reasons. First, they kindly granted permission. Uh, second, their music's great. Third, their albums, uh, for anyone who's a fan of Stereo Total, um, you know, will know. Uh, Their albums are this mixture of French and English and German, uh, the occasional Japanese, in a really enjoyable, sort of ebullient environment. If this program could have even uh, a smaller resemblance to one of their albums, I would be pretty happy. So using their music is a kind of tribute to them, a tribute to Berlin, a tribute to a general scene here in Berlin for intellectual and cultural activity that is remarkably transnational, remarkably... um, say, interlinguistic, multilingual. So anyway, if you like the music that you hear at the beginning or end of this program, go out and buy one of their records. They're good people. All right, now let's jump to the interview with Barbara Casson. She is a director of research at the French National Center for Scientific Research, as well as a philosopher and philologist. She's best known for her major work on the sophists, published in French as Les Fées Sophistiques, the sophistic or sophistical effect, you could call it. Uh, Professor Casson has written extensively, not only on the sophists and on uh, ancient Greek philosophy, but also on psychoanalysis, on gender, on art, on politics, and much more. She has translated major works by the philosopher Hannah Arendt, by uh, the ancient Greek philosopher Parmenides, and many others into French. She's a co-founder of the, the French political group L'Appel des Appels. And today we'll be talking about her book, Google Moi, Le Duxième Mission de l'Amérique, which could be translated into English as Google Me, America's Second Mission. Having me and having us today <laughs> Thank you. in your home, we're in uh, we're in Professor Cassan's office here in uh, Paris. Um, let's start by by talking about the book itself, Google Moi. Uh, it seems to me like a very it's a fascinating and astonishing book. It's not really like anything that I've read uh, in, in English. Uh, it combines aspects of philosophical, uh, philological, and political analysis. Um, with a critique of Google uh, and the place it holds in what might be called sort of organization of global knowledge and ideology of knowledge, um, as well as what I think you might you might say could be called new regimes of truth and a process of Americanization. Um, early on in the book, you write that two catchphrases, uh uh, drove your interest in, in starting to think about Google. One was a claim by officials associated with creating this global library or this library that would have all books uh, available online. They said they were, quote, organizing all the world's information and making it accessible to all, end quote. Another phrase that attracted your attention was the well-known saying, don't be evil. And you wrote, you want to analyze these terms in terms of philosophy. So, can you start uh, by discussing why phrases such as this um, uh, would be of interest to a philosopher?
1: Well, it's too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These sentences are too much. And uh, it's, um, it seems so nice that it couldn't be so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the point. So, um, uh, organize all the information in the word. I think every every word is a problem for me. Mm-hmm. And the first one, organize, is quite a problem. Yes, organize. you know, it's, it's uh, for me a uh, um, hard word. Uh, maybe because of what Klemperer, um, uh, you know, uh, Victor Klemperer mm-hmm. said of it. He he felt it was one of the um, of the words in the uh, German language um, becoming a language of Nazis. And uh, he, um, when he was in his Jewish house, um, he. Uh, try to, to feel how language was changing, how German language. Yeah. And I feel that uh, our language is changing and that uh, uh, our general language is getting more and more uh, technique or technicist. Mm-hmm. And um, especially... In our uh, domain, in my field, which is the research, scientific research, and uh, humanities. And humanities are um, structured by the um, type of uh, organization which is not a philosophical one, which is not systema, systema as Greek will say but which is organon, uh, meaning that uh, it's um, at the same time, you know, organon in Greek is at the same time a tool and an organ. The hand in Aristotle is the organ of the organs, the organ mm. of all the organs. And um, the point is that uh, something organic, organic. Mm -hmm. organize, seems to be natural. The technique seems to be absolutely natural. And it is here, and what can you do again? Uh, You you cannot even feel it is not natural. And that's the first word, you know, which uh, disturbs me. Mm -hmm. Organize, just like, just as if all the information in the word should be our second nature. So, this is the first point. Mm -hmm. The second is the all. All the information of the word. This absolute um, um, will of uh, uh, embracing the whole is for me something suspect Mm -hmm. or a little bit... um, if I can say terrifying, what I am afraid of of this type of pretension. Not because I don't think uh, we we live in separate words. I, I do not think we, we live in separate words. I think there is one word. I think uh, globalization exists, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not a problem uh, like that. What is a problem is this kind of uh, will of hauling the whole, mm. you see. I'm sorry, I don't speak mm. well, but uh, I mean something like that. Whole is disturbing, like mm. when it's the object of a world. Mm. And um, then uh, information is uh, absolutely distinct for me from culture. Of course, information is very important. And I do practice every day uh, many times in the day mm-hmm. Google and I do appreciate, of course, and I am very uh, reconnaissant, grateful for the the information it provides me. The point is that we and I don't say here they I don't see I don't say Google, but we receiving the information think our thinking we know. are thinking we are uh, growing and growing our culture. And that's a problem. Because it's not at all the same. And what I read in the net, in Google, when I ask a question, it's not even information for a journalist, for a good uh, journalist, mm. because it's, uh, it's not... Uh, um, Certified, there, there, are, there are some sources, but no critic of sources, etc. So a journalist cannot be uh, absolutely confident on what he is reading as information, you know, in Google, for example. And of course, as a searcher, I do not, uh, uh, I cannot at all trust the point uh, I find. As a research points. Mm-hmm. Of course not. So, um, I, I am at the same time uh, defiant, uh, uneasy yeah. with uh, such a sentence. Mm-hmm. So, with Google preferring such a sentence. And defiant with people. I belong to the people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, using this Mm-hmm. type of information, this type of cult- pseudo-culture. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, that's one of um, my first uh, interest or uh, terror, mm-hmm. if you want. When I, when I read something like that. Uh, then actually I mean, more than when I was writing the book. Now, uh, in France and in Europe, and I think maybe everywhere in the world, the point is that uh, evaluation is mm-hmm. growing, growing, and you, you were uh, speaking of the appel des appels. Mm-hmm. One of our uh, uh, enemies is the way we are evaluated the, the way evaluation is uh, everywhere now as a type of excellency, which is mm-hmm. not at all excellent. And uh, in France, we are living a moment where excellence is a word uh, that you must vomit mm-hmm. by. It, it is vomited by every normal people, you know. It's it's a word uh, uh, we are living in excellences um, obligations, which doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. It has no sense at all. We are living in uh, uh, labora- laboratoire d'excellence, uh, mm-hmm. campus d'excellence, etc. There there are some yeah. hierarchies of excellences, prime d'excellence. It begins with what what money you you can have mm-hmm. because you are better. and but How do you uh, measure that? What's, what's the, the criteria? Mm-hmm. Well, the critter is a Google critter. It's mm-hmm. a page critter. I don't only speak of well, uh, it's uh, you know, um, the quantity uh, is now determining the quality. Quality is an M- uh, what I, I would say it in French uh, propriété emergente
0: <laughs> emerging emergent property yeah.
1: of, of quantity mm-hmm. and uh, this uh, is of course true for evaluation of every s- searcher researcher mm. but it's true for all the evaluations mm. so um, this is truer than never mm. Mm point of mm-hmm. uh, the organization of the excellency
0: mm-hmm. and so just to, to try and to continue to unpack that or to translate that so the idea if I understood the book would be then uh, and also your emerging interests uh, in association with uh, l'appel des appels would be something to the effect that um, the proliferation of numerical criteria yes. um, for, Eight for factor, ra- ranking, <laughs> measuring, organizing this notion that somehow everything has uh, it can be organized, it can be evaluated, and that maybe can even become a, a general. That, that's maybe something that's becoming a, a philosophy of governing society. And you think yes. the instrument. Google itself kind of embodies this this, this set of values.
1: Yes, uh, it it can embody them. Um, it doesn't embody them if it stays where it is. Mm-hmm. But if it's uh, practiced, if it is practised as the only possible practice mm-hmm. and as the first practice, it's mm-hmm. terrible. And um, uh, maybe I didn't explain enough why this ranking mm-hmm. was so uh, such a google thing it's google because uh, PageRank is one of the um, most efficient uh, uh, specialty mm-hmm. of google you know the uh, um, how do you say that in english the the l'équation qui permet de ranger
0: the sort of i would say probably like the algorithm that sets the yes. the priority yes. the order yes
1: you yeah. know it's it's a absolute uh, it's a, a way of quantify um, all the clicks mm-hmm. and ponderated but uh, it means that uh, the more people are seeking for something the more this thing is, mm-hmm. high, the highest this thing goes. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, what I call a doxa, uh, the opinion um, pl- uh, multiplied by the opinion. Mm-hmm. It's quadrate opinion, and um, it's really terrible when you when you apply that to research, mm-hmm. because of course research. You, you, the thing you don't know now will, make, will, will be the most important, mm-hmm. but you will never find it in the page wrong things. Mm-hmm. Never, the end of the ghost curve is never uh, taking into account. Taken mm-hmm. into account. So, this is uh, uh, um, one of the big actual motives. To be defiant, mm-hmm. to Google as a model—I
0: mm-hmm.
1: don't say to Google as a research engine, but to Google as a model.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what it means to bring a philosophical analysis uh, to Google? Right? What does that does that mean? You have a different set of criteria, or you have a, a history that offers another way of understanding. And um, so, another way: What's your practice that you're bringing? As a philosopher and philologist, to
1: <laughs> well, first, I, you know, you, you you mentioned I work on sophists. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I, I found I thought that uh, Brin and Page were actual sophists.
2: That is Larry Page and Sergey Brin, the uh, founders of Google. And were
1: mm-hmm. so uh, interesting uh, to see how they they did. Um, um, they play with the word they were in,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: They play with money. They play with um, the the way they. For just one example, when they when um, Google um, has been in um, stock exchange, was introduced en bourse.
0: Yeah, when it was. How would you say it? Anyway, when it went public, when it went public on the stock market. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, you know that uh, there is a, a kind of a period; uh, they must, people must be silent and uh, don't inject uh, mm-hmm. informations. And okay, and um, in fact, they did at that moment um, provide uh, an interview in Playboy.
2: What they did was they had a uh, interview with Playboy about a week or two before they went public on the stock market, with the result being that after they had uh, gone public, this major interview advertising the company was suddenly released in the public press, which was uh, controversial, right? Because although it wasn't made at the time that they were public, uh, it did make its appearance during the so-called silent period that's supposed to follow something going on in the stock market.
1: So this interview... With their photograph in in a bath you know uh with foam etc uh, was um, uh, by necessity by mm-hmm. law necessity uh, under the eyes of the people and <laughs> the stock exchange. so i i think it's absolutely um genial it's it's really uh, for me very sympathetic mm-hmm. uh I thought that they were like that you know uh, playing with um, playing with with the with the technique and with with the ordinary uh, uh, way of being to uh, invent mm-hmm. a new way of uh, public of being public mm-hmm. that's Absolutely, how I can define the Sophists uh, mm-hmm. defi- uh, make a new kind of publicity uh, of 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 public word
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? but the point the, the going on seems to me very, very seems to be different, and uh, the major difference oh, I can mention another. Uh, similarity Mm -hmm. which is money sophists as uh, psychoanalysts uh, as uh, google boys are reputed for uh, earning money Mm -hmm. with things that probably uh, for some for many people need no money Need being in, in no exchange at all. Mm-hmm. The soul, uh, the truth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. the culture. What's that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they make money of uh, things that philosophers, let me say, in a large, large, and broad sense, uh, believe that uh, are absolutely. Uh, repulsive mm-hmm. for money. So this is a second point of similarity. Mm-hmm. But uh, the difference uh, to my eyes is that really um, sophists were promoting culture. In in a in a, the Greek sense of paideia. It makes they make people um, changing for a better state. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the definition of uh, Paideia. How to make people change and not founding on what they are already or what they just uh, know already, but um, trying to build a new way of being and a new, a better way of being together. This, um, you know, the point uh, of the community created by by Google, I don't feel it Mm -hmm. like a real... um, Community of better, mm-hmm. and uh, here we are. We are coming to the second. Uh, don't be evil. Mm-hmm. You know, second sentence. Uh, se- senten- second motto, which disappeared, if I if I'm not wrong, from mm. the site. Uh, I think uh, mm. I I don't know if I am for for something no. <laughs> on, about, on that, but. At the moment, when when the, when the moment at the moment it was on their, you know, motos. It was also on Bush motos. Mm-hmm. So this is not standable. Mm-hmm. La guerre du bien contre le mal, the word, the word of the good against evil. It was uh, uh, kind of uh, don't be evil like me, mm-hmm. be a. Uh, good as I am mm. it's a terrible thing mm. so um, I I was saying that uh, for me the, the type of culture and the type of community uh, let me say uh, removed by Google mm-hmm. is not um is not a real, com- not a real common word, and not a real culture word. That's the point.
0: Mm-hmm. So, right, so the idea is, um, I think one of the things you're known for, in certain sense, is valorizing or defending um, the importance of the Sophists as, say, an alternative to a particular royal tradition of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and for suggesting that, in a certain sense, um, in a certain sense, they called attention to to language, to rhetoric as a form of politics, mm-hmm. as something that doesn't simply report on what is, but also articulates, brings together what is. Um, and as you were saying, for some, this caused them to be uh, suspicious, either because either because there seemed to be something. Instrumental in their use of language, or because um, they are these itinerant, you know, individuals collecting, collecting uh, money for knowledge that some people maybe thought should be something free and, you know. Yes. Um, and so and so, you're suggesting, you know, on one hand, there's, I mean, there's, 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 it's what your your critique has, has a, a a very sophisticated nuance to, it because on one hand, you're identifying these. The similarities yes. between Google, something that has a new way of articulating knowledge, organizing it, bringing it together, um, does so for um, commercial ends. Uh, but inside of that, the idea would be: you think the this this ideology, this belief of organizing everything, um, somehow creating, bringing all of the world together in one. One system of order that favors something like popularity, um, numerical quantification, um, and in the end, something like uh, an orthodoxy of mediocrity. Right? Yes. You think that this somehow deviates from and breaks with uh, something that sophists were revealing to us about, about language, about yes. uh, communication.
1: Yes, about uh, taste. Mm. About what 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 imports to uh, at a certain moment certain people. So uh, the point is um, really a political point. It's um, what is real. What is democracy? Is democracy a kind of uh, all? Uh, you know there, there is a sentence in, in google i couldn 't stand it 's one click, one vote mm-hmm. of course not. Yeah. The click is not a vote and uh, for what, you, you are voting for what when you click
0: uh, one of the things you, you discussed was the importance of identifying the place of uh, google 's project within a broader mission of universalizing and civilizing the world. And you suggest the fact that Google, like a number of other um, information providers or information technology companies, the fact that it's American, as well as the fact that it's private and commercially driven, are significant to to understanding it. Um, So can you discuss how these things, uh, a project for universalization, a project for civilization, or for civilizing, are linked with uh, a concern for the American origins of Google and its commercial imperative.
1: Well, you, I think you 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 say everything with the question, you know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I was uh, interviewed at the French TV, um, the lady interviewing uh, interviewing me. Was really wanting me to say that there is a complot. Uh, you know,
0: conspiracy. You
1: know I mean? Yes, yes, conspiracy, the theory of conspiracy, and that uh, I was feeling that about America. Of course not. It's. Uh, um, I mean, it's not the point at all, uh, and I don't know what means America mm-hmm. You know, it has. Change a lot between Bush and Obama, and uh, I will really uh, be very glad to know what happens with uh, Google and Obama because I think there are many links, and that they they it's very important. But I won't say at all the same thing you know Mm -hmm. than I was saying in the book.
2: Just to intervene for a second. So, the book was written during the Bush presidency, uh, following, of course, the attacks of 9 11 and following Bush's famous or infamous axis of evil speech. Uh, and so, part of what uh, Professor Casson does in the book is uh, she identified this sort of universal, universalism um, advocated by Bush of good against evil with a new type of uh, universalization associated with. Google trying to create a kind of order of the world's information and at the same time promising not to do evil. Uh,
1: in my book, I was saying that the mission of universality, of universality, mm-hmm. of universal- universalization, uh, universalization, yeah. yes, universalization, and the mission of being good mm-hmm. uh, was uh, smelling bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But uh, I won't uh, feel the same links now mm-hmm. because I don't think at all that uh, Obama, for example, wants to universalize and to be a, a model for the world mm-hmm. because America is no more. In, mm-hmm. a, few, in a few years, uh, the uh, image of mm-hmm. America and the world has changed. And for me, it has changed in good of course in mm-hmm. very good uh, because no more this type of empty universalization and an ideological universalization mm-hmm. but much more uh, uh, realist questions of how people differ one from another mm-hmm. uh, in the world and how we can manage to have a common word mm-hmm. The universality is no more uh, a given. It's really something to be uh, constructed um, very, with many, many difficulties, if ever it has to be constructed. I'm not sure it has. So um, uh, just to say that for me, things are changing a Mm -hmm. lot between um, well. Five years ago and uh, now mm-hmm. but which what is not changing is uh, the ide- ideology of universal mm-hmm. and uh, of uh, universal as if it was natural, as if the u- values of liberalism, let us say, but we have of what can I say? It could be also cultural values, it mm-hmm. could be, uh, well, as if they were just nature and has to be shared by everybody. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't, uh, is not, I think, anymore um, something growing. Mm-hmm. It is much more prudent, cautious, and intelligent. Mm-hmm. And I think that the common word is uh, a point of arrivée, not a point of departure.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is a pleasure, of course, for me. Mm-hmm. And this uh, seems much more uh, democratic mm-hmm. <laughs> than uh, the other way round.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, so one thing, I guess, when you wrote this book a few years ago, um, you were you were specifically interested in the relationship between, uh, between Google and a rhetoric that was particularly strong under Bush of um, both universalization and also you could say a kind of unilateralism, right? Yes. Where they end up being complementary projects. Um, another thing you linked it to um, was uh, – a a skepticism right a skepticism for something like the attempt to create you know a global system of communication yes and you associate this for example with the emergence of an english which in a certain sense isn't even it's not an american english it's not a british english Mm. but it's just this instrument of communication that operates transnationally
1: yes a globish
0: Globish, that was the word. Yes, global exactly. English. I forgot about that. Yeah.
1: Uh, but the point is that uh, for me, language is not only a yeah. uh, communication medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, language is plural. It's tongues. It's Humboldt who says, uh, you never you never meet language, you meet tongues. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, of course, it uh, can goes against certain uh, um, conceptualization of the analytic philosophy, uh, which, uh, uh, let me say, uh, think that plurality of languages uh, uh, is nothing compared to university of concepts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aristotle is uh, um, my colleague in Oxford. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. because I, I read Aristotle in Greek and um, in fact it, uh, uh, when I read it in uh, English translation or in French translation I don't read the same text at all and I don't feel mm-hmm. and I don't think the same feelings and the same thoughts so uh, I just believe that uh, uh, tongues and languages uh, are making things mm-hmm. uh, I, my next book will will be um has for title will have for title how to make really things with words i think uh, we always do that mm-hmm. uh it means that uh, in a way the political word is more pregnant than the natural word and uh In politics, Mm -hmm. uh, we are making things with words. Of course, we always do that. And that's why sophists could be uh, uh, not, I won't say models, but uh, pioneers, pioneers Mm -hmm. in in this way. They always know and show uh, how people are making things with words. And uh, I just want to, just to uh, tell something about uh, uh, my recent, my most recent experiences in politics. Uh, uh, outstanding politics. It's the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Mm-hmm. They are making things with words. They had make um, rainbow people in South Africa. With the word of the commissions, not only with that, mm-hmm. and it's not only a success, uh, mm-hmm. maybe less and less, but it was an extraordinary uh, achievement indeed. A way of making things with words
0: uh, great. Mm. You, um, you, I think you, you wrote somewhere once, or maybe it was an interview, you talked about as a as a philologist, you were interested in um, the materiality of language yes, and language itself that was language itself being in a process of fabrication right? and it seems to be this is what you 're alluding to now um, I wonder if uh, in terms of some of your your critique not only of Google obviously also things like Wikipedia the internet um, you know there's there 's a level of asking the question about what are the practices and ideals that organize um, these entities? And then there's maybe another level that could be some kind of a question of materiality. Is somehow language, spoken language written on a page and language in the kind of electronic ether? Are these different things? Do you think that there's a, a different status to what language or communication can make when it's online uh, versus in other forms.
1: Certainly. Yeah. I don't know much about that. We've seen the Arabic revolutions, uh-huh. <laughs> partly a uh, fact of the net, be- because when when nothing else is possible, this is possible still. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, absolutely to, to applause. Mm-hmm. We must say how good and how important it is But, of course, it's not with the net uh, that you are um, speaking to your uh, daughter or son. And it's not like that, that Mm -hmm. you are communicated. And it's not like that, that you are um, inventing work of art. Well, not the same work of art at Mm -hmm. all. So I, I just believe that there is a new dimension but not at all that the ancient are uh, invalidated. There is a new possi- There are new possibilities, happily, and uh, how gloriously I will say. Mm. And um, Google is part of these new possibilities, but just uh, I, what is not uh, standable is when it obliterates all the others. obliterates obliterates all the others. And when um, it seems that uh, uh, for example um, Globish mm-hmm. is the normal or uh, is the whole language mm-hmm. whole of language, mm-hmm. but no tongues are uh, extraordinary important and interesting and interesting mm-hmm. and uh it brings other type of work of arts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's all.
0: You've. Mm.
1: Um... I can say that the it's the use
0: mm-hmm.
1: of uh, uh, net or, or that could be so uh, bad and so good, mm-hmm. just like the use of tongue, the best mm-hmm. and the worst. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, there's a, so you would say then there's it's really it's not even a simple question of practice versus materiality. No. At each level, there's a new set of questions Absolutely. that need to be posed.
1: Absolutely. And new possibilities mm-hmm. op- are opened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that maybe Arendt was right when she was asking whether uh, judging and taste
0: mm-hmm. were
1: uh, or not political faculties. And she answered, yes. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, in all the practice and all the practice of languages, taste is a good mm-hmm. political faculty. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, another, you, know, you, write, you, you wrote somewhere that your turn towards the, the well, you, you, you spoke about how important um, your encounter with Heidegger was. And you've written that your interest in the sophists related in part uh, to an attempt to perform readings that, that were not possible through or by Heidegger. Um, as I was reading your book, one of the things I was thinking of, there's this, Heidegger makes this comment a number of times in the, in the 50s and 60s, where he, he says, in connection with cybernetics, he says one of the most horrible ideas is the concept of language as information. He says that's the, that's the worst of the worst. Um, and I thought of that because you know I could hear echoes of that in your work, mm-hmm. um, but I think, I mean, I think there's also uh, I wonder if 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 in in your turn towards Google, if there was another type of way to perform a set of readings that were not available to Heidegger. in so far as Heidegger obviously was also very uh, critical, if not even pessimistic about technology as a, a force, right? And so there's elements of strong critique and uh, moments that one could even say start pushing towards a pessimism in your work, but then it seems like you're also interested in another set of potentials or possibilities, for example, that I don't think was, were available to Heidegger's account of technology and often to, to even, we can speak of Western philosophy. There's been a kind of phobia, the technophobia. <laughs> so do you think that this turn towards uh, Google or the internet is also in, in terms of might, might be performing a new set of say philosophical readings or reflections on Technology or a break with Heidegger?
1: Oh, yes, I, I think that Heidegger is. Uh, I, I, I don't share at all uh, mm-hmm. his opinions uh, or his truths mm-hmm. on technology, um, on technique. I think that uh, it, this is partly why sophists couldn't be read by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everything depends on being. And uh, you have to be faithful mm-hmm. and to tell or to say faithfully what is. And if your tongue can do that, for example German or Greek, more more German, more Greek than Greek, mm-hmm. then uh, you are authentic and an authentic people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is um, uh, I I can uh, make a link uh, in whole in the whole uh, Heidegger system mm-hmm. with uh, ontological nationalism, nationalism mm-hmm. and anti technique. But uh, so I don't at all share this type of thing. Partly because I think that. Uh, um, the, how do you say, the the arrow, could you say the arrow is not going from being to Logos, mm-hmm. from being to speech, but from also, or maybe more, from speech to being.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the, the sense of the arrow, you know, the, the way mm-hmm. she goes, it goes. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, if it is partly sophistic, it's because it mm-hmm. goes from Logos to things. Mm-hmm. And not only from from being to logos, you know, as faithful uh, Mm berger shepherds, shepherds of being. So um, I I just, I'm very far, I'm very far from Heidegger, except that I think that he is a a marvelous historian of philosophy Mm -hmm. because he uh, penetrates really, what uh, what philosophers say and he organize it as after Hegel mm-hmm. he does it he can he can help to grasp mm-hmm. what happened in the thought but I don't share his way of doing it mm-hmm. and I don't share his um, values at all. Yeah. And I think they are all linked. I think that he is a great philosopher and he is uh, uh, an, uh, very bad. He has what Arendt calls uh, uh, philosophical deformation in politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When she says, uh, after Plato, I won't, I, I, I will never do uh, political philosophy mm? mm-hmm. because it's not possible after Plato. To Heidegger, there's no, mm. no more possible. Mm. So, being sure that there is one, that the mm-hmm. one, and that being, is, uh, um, must be, uh, how can I say, uh, I won't, if I say universal, it's a bit silly. but mm-hmm. It's something like that. That one is existing more. That there is mm. When? This I don't share.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so I, I prefer, I prefer think mm-hmm. that uh, technology is one of many possibilities of uh, shaping and uh, making things happen. But as soon as you believe it's the only one, it's terrible.
0: Mm -hmm. As a last question, um, so you work with uh, L'Appel des Appels. So you said earlier, it's, you know, um, as I understand it, uh, a sort of organization of of, of workers in, in domains including health, education, social services, the arts, who are critical of the attempt education education who are uh, critical of the attempt to reduce these social and cultural domains to, to market forces yes uh, it sounds like it it, it converges with um, your your skepticism your suspicion about this attempt to to quantify and rank everything absolutely yeah so your critique your critique of I, I think we could say the neoliberalism yes uh, converges and complements with with your critique of say a certain ideology of, of Google, so i wonder uh um, if any of these things relate to your your, your political critique or your poli- you know your political interventions you're making with uh l'appel des appels mm-hmm.
1: well, I think the first thing is uh, how to evaluate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, stop. Uh, Well, I think that the the sentence where I can click the thing is um, really quality is not a byproduct of quantity. Mm -hmm. So um, in France, we have a very strong um, service public, public Mm -hmm. service in every domain. And it has been something uh, very important for for us as an identity um, after the war.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, this is disrupted bit by bit um, for bad reasons, because we try to imitate America, which has never done that. And we, we are, you know, running after something that is no more mm.
0: uh,
1: in, in vigor. And uh, we are still running after. <laughs> mm. And, you know, the, the, the point of the expertise of the, uh, um, um, how do you say that, um, the, the programs of research.
2: And just intervene for a moment. The reference is to research that's funded by the state, either through universities or through uh, the French version of the National Science Foundation, and various efforts to make um, research more grant driven, uh, to produce research that can be quantified in terms of its impact or its relevancy and its utility, be it to society, to other researchers, um, currently in France and throughout Europe. There's basically an attempt to make the universities more market friendly and uh, to orient them towards producing useful research in the same sense that certain American universities and to a certain extent, Anglo-American universities put a little bit more of a a privilege on the production of quantifiable and useful knowledge.
1: Or uh, neutrality Mm -hmm. and uh, political correctness, all this. Of course it doesn't mean any more anything, but we are running after it. And we are, we want to be certificated and we, we made uh, more and more um, organization. We pile, put them one up on another. You know, um, organization governmental governmental or from the government uh, to administrate best, but with the only uh, um, intellectual sentence quantity mm-hmm. so it's absolutely dimensionally silly and we are distru- we are destructing things that will never be able to be reconstructed and that will it will, it just will be impossible and everyone in his uh, own job sees the effect of that and that's why we are so deeply terrified, because for uh, a penny, you know, we destruct things that couldn't mm. with the with all the gold in the world that couldn't never be reconstructed, and the economies are really uh, bullshits. Compared to the
0: Depends. Uh, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the efficiencies. The new efficiencies versus the expenses. It's yes. It's much more of a, a waste and destruction yes. than yes. any type of yes. money that's saved. Yes. You know.
1: So we, we are in France with... We are in this period. And we have been in this period. I don't uh, only incriminate our actual president it has beca- it has began before mm-hmm. but the actual president has of course uh, accelerated and uh, and showed the mm-hmm. things so terribly openly that mm-hmm. it's just sad and disgusting
0: mm-hmm. i guess your argument would be the so the new calls for austerity in a certain sense are a way of Ex- making an excuse for rationalizing yes. another project of privatization, and, and that was already but underway.
1: I, I'm not against privatization. Yeah. Yeah. I'm against this type
0: uh-huh. of
1: uh, destruction. Uh-huh. You know, <sighs> privatization, deprivatization, reprivatization. Mm-hmm. We've always been like that, you know. And uh, really, it's uh, Public or public money or private money uh, it 's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is this absolutely dimensionally stupid organization uh, running after something which is no more uh, interesting of for nobody. Mm-hmm. Why are we still there there, were, there has been years ago one sentence of um, Director of the CNRS, mm-hmm. the National Center of Scientific Research, saying, um, um, We are going in the wall, but we did uh, lit up the far, the phar, the lights. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it.
0: I'd like to thank you for your time tonight. Very, very generous, and also for, for your linguistic generosity. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm sorry. I really.
0: Oh no! You, you're very, very, very articulate, and I think I think there's a there's a special mode of uh, hospitality associated with working in a language that's maybe not not always our own. Uh, so thank you for that too. <laughs> thank you. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy we're able to. I was able to talk to you.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks. <laughs>
0: it for today. That was our interview with Barbara Casson. Thank you once more to Barbara Casson for welcoming us into her office in Paris. Thank you to you, our listener, for um, listening to this program and for bearing with us as we figure out what's the, the best form and recording methods uh, and also conversational style for trying to present some academic work on media technology, media and technology across the internet to a general and at the moment very anonymous audience. If you have any comments on this uh, on this program, feel free to email me at betweenfloors at gmail.com That's one word, betweenfloors at gmail.com You can go to my website www.bernardg.com Again, there are no spaces, no underlines or anything in that. Uh, or You can listen to our next program, which will be released in a couple of weeks. And um, after you've heard that, you can write us and let us know what's great, what's terrible, and so on. Thank you again for listening, and uh, wherever you are, have a great day. Bye-bye.